Handstands are hard, and we strive to make handstands as easy as possible. In order to make your handstands easier, you're really going to have three choices. You can either get as strong as a bull to just kind of make whatever happens work. You can improve your technique to really get perfect alignment, or you can create a mechanical advantage by getting really flexible, which at the end of the day is kind of just a prerequisite to perfecting your technique. But keep in mind that really any door that says push, you can also pull open if you apply enough force. And theoretically, you can make water boil by simply rubbing the cup, just how you can press to handstand without any kind of flexibility. But is it efficient? Obviously not. And this is exactly what today's episode is about. Flexibility will make your handstands easier, efficient and sustainable. But you don't have to be flexible in order to make your handstands work. My name is Sascha Bachmann and I've spent the past 20 years traveling, teaching, performing and training handstands, flexibility and calisthenics. My goal is to help people like yourself understand how bodyweight fitness really works and how you can adjust technique to make things work for you and for your own body. Make sure to click on the link in the show notes and check out the article linked to today's podcast. There you're going to find videos and images visualizing all of the here explained concepts. Plus, you can sign up for a free customized handstand workout to either get started on your handstand, your tuck handstand, your presto handstand, your one-arm handstand journey, or to push through all the existing plateaus. You don't have to be flexible in order to do handstands. For anything that pops up, there's always a solution. Looking, for example, at your line. If you have flexible shoulders, if your shoulders open quite well, if you're able to elevate your scapula high and with that create a pretty straight line between your hands and your hips, your hands are going to become significantly more efficient. By looking at old school circles, looking at old school performers, or looking at many very strong people who do one-arm handstands, you're going to quickly realize that you can absolutely hold your one-arm handstand, even though your shoulders are pretty closed. So, flexible shoulders are going to make your handstand more efficient, but if you're strong, and willing to take some kind of sacrifice towards your health and towards efficiency, you can still do your one-arm handstand. Looking at your mounts, obviously, the more flexible that your hamstrings are, the easier it's going to get up. In a kick-up to handstand, the wider that your legs open, the higher your hips and the foot already is before the other foot takes off the floor, meaning this moment of blindness when you're jumping from the floor to your single leg L handstand becomes shorter and shorter, with that chance of error becomes smaller and you have significantly more control. If you have really, really tight hamstrings, the kick up to handstand is going to be more difficult. You have the choice of either doing a tuck up to handstand or maybe a bend arm press. Or of course, you can simply do your kick up to handstand with slightly bent knees or where your legs are not as open. It's going to be more difficult to control. It might not look as pretty, but it's still going to work. Now, a good middle split can be super, super helpful for your handstands for many reasons. One of them is that your middle split is basically the wings of your airplane. Imagine that big plane that you take to fly to the next Coach Bachmann retreat. The wider the wings are, the less chances there are for this plane of tipping over. If this plane would have really short wings or maybe no wings at all, it would be almost unimaginable that this plane can fly. It's the same for your handstand. The wider that you're able to open your legs, the easier it's going to become to balance as those legs function as a normal stopping ground in the air to center your handstands. Now, on two hands, this obviously helps. On one hand, this makes a huge difference. But personally, I've had students and I know other athletes who don't have a good middle split, but they're still able to hold their one-arm handstand. They didn't go for learning the straddle one-arm handstand first. They learned the baby straddle or even the legs together one-arm handstand first. And there's nothing wrong with that. For a beginner, the middle split is going to allow you to train at the wall. If you're really not able to open your legs wide, doing any kind of middle split shapes, like middle split slideaways, and leg isolations at the wall, chest to wall becoming more difficult. 
because opening the legs is going to create a pike at your hips, which pushes your hips away from the wall. When you're learning deep side bends for the one-arm handstand, a middle split is going to put you in the mechanical advantage that your feet are not as far away from your body, and with this, your shoulders and your back have to lift significantly less weight. Of course, there's again a solution. You can simply practice your diamond deep side bends. Moving on, we get to one of the drills that probably requires the most flexibility in order to be efficient, the presto handstand. Yes, of course, very flexible hamstrings, a very good middle split, and even some back mobility is really going to help you make this press efficient. But let's imagine you don't have a pancake at all, meaning you cannot fold in half at all. But what you're going to do, you still want to press to handstand with straight arms. It's simply going to be a planche press. Is it efficient? No, not at all. Is it possible? Yes, very much so. Another limiting point that you can account on your handstand is wrist mobility, wrist flexibility. Me personally, I have super stiff wrists, which means I have to warm up, I have to mobilize, and I even have to stretch my wrist regularly to even be able to do any kind of handstands on a flat floor. For me personally, warming up well, stretching the wrists is a solution. I get my wrists flexible enough so I can balance on any kind of floor. But if I'm injured, or for example, if it's winter and it's way cold out and it becomes more and more difficult to mobilize my wrists enough, I can simply take a wooden plank elevated on one side to get a small decline and I can hand balance on this. It's going to decrease the angle in my wrist and make things significantly easier for me. Flexibility will help you, but it's not necessary. It's going to make things significantly easier, but we all have to accept that we have the body that we currently have. We have the body that we have created throughout our entire life. But this is not the body that we're going to be stuck with for the rest of our life. We can work on things, we can improve pretty much any aspect of our body, of our physicality and of our practice. But with flexibility, things will take time. Don't try to make changes today or even next week. Look at a six months or even a year long process. Slowly over time make tiny gains and improve your flexibility over a long period of time. Most flexibility gains that are made quickly will usually lead to injuries and simply leave you less flexible after than what you were before. Here are some of my golden rules for getting more flexible whilst you're mainly focusing on your handstand practice. First off, stretch before every single handstand session. Start with a really good warm-up, break a sweat, and then get stretching, even if it's as little as 10 minutes. It's going to A, over a long period of time, make you more flexible, and B, the stretching right before your handstand session will make your handstand session easier because your muscles are warm and more elastic. When you're doing drills that involve flexibility, like for example the press to handstand, Stretch between your sets. Every time before you, let's say, go up for your pike press to handstand, do a standing pike stretch. Prime your muscles, stretch them into the position that you need for your movement, and then straight away go ahead and do the movement. You're going to see huge changes, and the skill is going to become significantly easier right away. Always focus on form over depth. There's no point of getting super, super deep in your stretch if your form is completely off. Analyze the stretches. You need to first understand what are you trying to stretch, then you need to understand the mechanics of the stretch to understand how you will be stretching this particular muscle. And then when you do it, you need to really focus on that and do it right. A poorly performed stretch will not only not bring you the results that you're hoping for, but it can even leave you injured on body parts that you're not even realizing you're working on right now. So please, don't try to push as deep as possible. Try to push as clean as possible. I promise to you, your results are going to skyrocket. Now, if you're serious about handstands, you already know that consistency is key. With your flexibility, it's going to be exactly the same. Don't stretch once a week or even once a month for 5 hours. Instead, 10, 20, 30 minutes every single day. A good routine, just like a good diet, is the one that you can stick to. You know making gains in handstands takes a long time. Making gains in flexibility will take even longer. Once you get consistent with your flexibility training, 
start adding dedicated flexibility sessions into your week. Meaning besides those 10, 20, 30 minutes before every single handstand session that you stretch, you're going to start by finding two days of the week where you're going to do a one hour flexibility session that is just focused on your flexibility training. Those sessions are not going to be easy, trust me. They're going to be mentally challenging, but also physically challenging. Doing many flexibility exercises back to back with clean form is exhausting and you might even get sore from these sessions. Really important when it comes to handstands and flexibility is to actually look ahead of time. Don't only stretch for the flexibility that you need right now, but think what is my goal in two years and start stretching for this goal. Because in order to improve your flexibility for this goal, it's probably going to take a year or two. So if you're currently at the wall trying to get off the wall, this means you're probably stretching your hamstrings because you're aware that for the L handstand, for the kick up to handstand and for all of these skills, you need flexible hamstrings. But you know that once you're off the wall, your goal is probably going to be a presto handstand, nice little leg isolations and shapes, or possibly even the one-arm handstand. So right now is the perfect moment to start stretching for your pancakes and for your middle splits. Many people, when thinking about flexibility for handstands or in general flexibility for any kind of discipline, they say, oh, I need active flexibility. I need to be able to lift my legs. I need to actively open them. And this is not wrong. Yes, of course, you do need active flexibility. But a couple of things to keep in mind here is that number one, your active flexibility is never going to be greater than your passive flexibility. Meaning, if you drastically want to improve your active flexibility, start increasing your passive range. Your active range will increase at the same time. Active flexibility is hard on the body. Taking the example of standing leg lift, we all dream of lifting our foot above the head. It looks cool. It's going to help you for the presto handstand, for your one arm handstand, for everything. But we must keep in mind that those muscles that lift the leg are really, really small. Your hip flexor muscle is significantly smaller than your hamstring muscle. You're now asking this tiny muscle to lift the weight of your leg against the stiffness of your hamstring and against gravity. The small muscle is not made for this. Yes, you do want to spend some time training these muscles in the end range of motion, but you really don't want to overdo this. Stick mostly to passive stretches, to PNF stretches, to dynamic stretches, to all of these kind of stretches and then add some active flexibility to gain control of this newly gained end range of motion in the end of your practice. Be conservative with them. Be careful with them. Your passive flexibility is always king. Now most people don't necessarily enjoy flexibility training. It's quite slow, it's not necessarily super exciting and it does bring discomfort. That's the definition of flexibility training. But it's important. And on top of that, we're all busy, so you might just not have that much extra time to stretch as much. But it's important for you to understand which are the most important stretches when it comes to hand balancing and which skills exactly are they going to help for. So you can make your own decisions and create your own routines. First of all, we're going to have shoulder stretches and active shoulder stretches. These are going to help a lot with your shoulder line, with your scapular elevation, coordination, ability, and of course also strength. The shoulders are the root of your handstands. Those are the first thing you need to fix in order to make your handstand efficient. Then of course... We've got middle split stretches. All kinds of middle split stretches are going to help you for your straddle handstand. I explained it earlier. They're going to help you balance your handstand. They're going to make your handstand beautiful. They're going to give you the possibility to train at the wall. we got hamstring stretches. Hamstring stretches are going to help you for your kick up to handstand. They're going to lead you to pancake stretches. Pancake stretches are going to help you significantly for your press to handstand. So if you're concerned about how to get into a handstand, you want to make sure you include hamstring stretches into your training. Then, of course, we have side bending flexibility. This is more specific. If you're planning on learning a one-arm handstand soon, you need to learn to side bend. For the one-arm handstand itself, you don't have to side bend very far. It's a very small side bend. But the further you can go, the bigger your side bending range, the easier it's going to be to do this little side bend for your one-arm handstand. The more reserve you have in the tank, the faster you're going to learn your one-arm handstand. 
Last but not least, last but not least, you have back and hip opener stretches like the Cobra or a half build with a back knee bend against the wall. Those are super, super helpful if you're trying to learn the Mexican handstand or really any kind of back bending or hauler back kind of handstands. So as you can see, flexibility is really not necessary to nail your handstand. You can planche press to handstand, you can do a one-arm handstand with a closed shoulder, all of this is possible. But is it efficient? Definitely not. Is it healthy or sustainable? Also no. Up to a very high point, the more flexible you get, the more efficient your technique, and with that the more healthy and the more sustainable your handstand will become. But flexibility goals cannot be made overnight, they need to take time. Thank you so much for listening. Make sure to follow the link in the show notes. You're going to find a blog post that's going to explain all the concepts here in detail with images and videos to help you visualize these concepts. Additionally, there you can sign up for a free workout that is customized towards your goals and your current level to get started on your handstand journey or to break through current plateaus. Thank you so much. I'm going to see you next time. Have a good one.